Thank you for listening to the Dearest Doula podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Signs, and this is episode 31. Based in San Francisco, California, Cornerstone offers labor and postpartum doula training and certification, midwifery training, placenta specialist certification, and childbirth educator certification. Go to cornerstonedoulatrainings.com for more information today. Hello and welcome, dearest doula community. Today we are going to be talking about growing the doula pie, and I'm really excited to bring back a repeat guest, Michal Klaus-Stevens. Hi, Michal. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. <laughs> awesome. Well, for those that aren't aware, Michal just came on in last week's episode uh, for her birth worker feature. And so if you want to get more insight onto Michal's personal journey as a birth worker, be sure to check that out. Dearest Doula, episode 30. And before we dive into today's topic, why don't you just go ahead and give us another overview of your background in birth work in case anybody missed it. Okay. I am the past president of Birth Network National. I'm a Lamaze certified childbirth educator. And now I am working as, starting my own business as a maternity coach, helping expectant parents learn how to navigate the maternity care system. And I'm creating educational programs online and in person to help parents learn how to get better care for themselves. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Great. Well, as you're aware, Michal, this podcast was created for the perspective and Nula doula. So I'd really like us to be as clear and thorough as we can on everything we discuss since this may be the first time that they're learning about today's topic. So I'm really excited because we are talking about growing that doula pie. Can you give us a little background on what that means exactly? Sure. So when I was president of Birth Network National, I was introduced by my brother, who's an expert in youth leadership, to a book called Forces for Good. And it's a book about how nonprofits can grow their influence. Not so exciting for doulas and birth workers, but (laughs) from a leadership perspective, it really introduced me to some major thought changes and really important ideas in how to grow a community, and how to create lasting social change. So one of the ideas in the book, Forces for Good, is this idea about growing the pie. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it a little bit before in our other podcast interview, that a lot of people see uh, doula work as they want to get their slice of the pie. That's what they're concerned with is that that talks about competition with other doulas and it imagines a world where there are only so many potential clients and those have to be divvied up between all the different doulas that are in a community. But the concept of growing the pie says that you can make the whole pie bigger. Hmm. There's not a limited amount. You can expand the whole customer base. You can make your slice of the pie bigger by growing the whole pie. So what what that leads you towards is the concept that if you build a community, not only build your own business, but you build a community, something larger than yourself, you create more opportunity for yourself in the end. So that's what the idea of growing the pie is. 
All right. Well, I'd like to learn a lot more about what we can do as doulas to grow that pie. And in your opinion, what makes this necessary for birth workers? Well, for doulas in particular, I think there is a lot of competition. There's there's a sense that there is a lot of competition. But if you look at the reality, something like 6% of women hire doulas, right. which means that there's 94% of women who are potential new clients. <laughs> so there's an awful lot of room for growth and really not so much reason why there should be so much competition between doulas. And I also think that that speaks to a lot of what's happening in terms of community building. That when you're when you're only focusing on lack and competition and uh, the belief that you have a limited number of people who want your services, it really inhibits the community growth aspect. Right. And that's too bad because there's a lot of potential out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So how would you recommend that doulas work towards growing that pie? Well, I think that um, doulas have a lot of unique issues that they contend with. And Karen Brody explains it as holding the tension of the opposites, that you have two opposite ends of of an issue that doulas often end up having to hold in the same space and find balance with. So some of those things that are that doulas are in the birth room as care providers but they have no sway or power in the care provider hierarchy right? because they're kind of inside the, working inside the system, but at the same time, they're system outsiders, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then they're also there to help parents advocate for their needs, but doulas aren't supposed to speak for the parents. Right. So they're, you know, the tools that they have, are very unique to inspire parents to learn how to advocate for themselves. Um, And the expectations from parents about what doulas do is sometimes very different from what doulas can actually do. They also want to bring about a change in the whole system and how women are treated, but in the bulk of the work that they do, you're not supposed to be an activist in the labor and delivery room, but that's where the action happens. Mm -hmm. So that's another challenge for doulas. Right. And uh, doulas, I think, can be great community organizers. But again, when they have trouble getting along with others in their community, that creates problems. And like we talked about also in the previous interview, that doulas are business people. They're entrepreneurs who are working a business, but they want to focus on the caretaking part of the job. They're not always Um, not always so strong in the business side of it. So Mm -hmm. they hold a unique position in the birth community also because they travel from facility to facility and can see a much broader view of what's going on in birth in the community than most other providers. 
Right. It sounds like, well, what you're saying is so true. Doulas have this really unique position in the birth community, but in a lot of ways, it's not very defined, and it's really even kind of frustrating when you really experience it, trying to figure out exactly what our role is with parents and the influence that we can hold or are even allowed to hold or should hold when it comes to how we impact birth. It's it's very tricky. And you hit upon all kinds of great points. We want to be activists, but we don't want to take that power away from the parents. So really learning how to help empower parents to be their own advocates sounds like the best approach to kind of help fill in that gap and add to that revolution that's happening right now. And then on the entrepreneurial side of it, it's it's a big need. And it's something that I'm glad we're having a larger focus on now because it was something that I think was often avoided. We are a compassionate people. And so learning how to add that entrepreneurial mindset to following our passion I'm glad that it's being revamped, and and I'm excited to see those efforts go forward. It has to be understood that we don't have a cold have to have a cold cut way of doing what we're doing, but that this is helping us to be a more sustainable field right. as well. Yeah, I'm glad right. you're hitting on all that. You know, and in terms of that, there are some other entrepreneurs who are developing coaching programs for doulas to help them build their businesses. So it's nice to see that there are resources out there if you want to learn how to build a more sustainable business and use more solid business practices to Mm -hmm. do that. There are people out there who are ready to help you do that. So I think that's a great thing. Oh, definitely. Awesome. Well, Michal, before we get into the nutty gritty segment of our interview, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. Cornerstone provides the perfect starting point on your journey to becoming a birth worker. They now offer a new childbirth education certification for today's CBE. Join them for their workshop and emerge informed and ready to provide cutting-edge childbirth education to the new generation of expecting couples. They will provide a culturally competent and effective training to give you the very best start in your new career. Small groups in a comfortable home setting provide the space to take time to answer questions during class, and Cornerstone makes it a point to practice all hands-on skills together, which is something you cannot get from an online or distance learning program. All trainings they provide are culturally competent, modern, evidence-based, thorough, and holistic, offering many different models and viewpoints. So dearest Tula community, Cornerstone has generously offered a 10% discount off any program when you mention the show. So don't wait. Contact them today at cornerstonedoulatrainings.com. That's cornerstonedoulatrainings.com. Well, Michal, I really like to challenge my speakers to get down to the meat and potatoes of our topic, or as my favorite movie character, Nacho Libre, would put it, let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> so, Michal, if our listeners walked away with just one or two key points about what we can do to grow that doula pie, what would you want them to be? I think the most important thing is that each doula should recognize that she's part of a larger community of people who are all interconnected. And the birth community functions on levels starting with their own personal interactions up through their local community and up to the state and national levels. So when you're making choices as a doula about how to do your work, you what you do has an impact on other people around you, whether you realize it or not. So I guess that one of the takeaways there is you should realize <laughs> 
and be mindful about the kinds of actions that you're taking and, and what they do within the community. So, you know, I can tell you that when I was chapter support coordinator and also in my role as the president of BNN, I helped chapter leaders get their chapters started and learn the ropes, but I also helped to mediate disagreements between chapter leaders, many of whom were doulas. And the two most common questions or problems that I heard were first, how do we make sure that providers who wanna become members are really mother friendly? And then the second biggest issue that we dealt with was there's a rogue doula in our community who's causing problems. Mm, <laughs> and it's wow, either gosh. with expectant parents or with a local hospital or within the doula community itself. And the question was, how do we deal with her? Mm, wow. And <laughs> yeah, it, it was surprising how often that conversation came up and how many a lot of like the big issues that we had to deal with in terms of community organizing and leadership had to do with those kinds of relationship mm -hmm. challenges so from the perspective of community organizers and community leaders those kinds of confrontations have a big effect on the ability to grow the pie for doulas and create change within the birth community as a whole Mm -hmm. Now, just out of curiosity, how did they define a rogue doula? What did that mean to them? You know, it could be anybody who either didn't seem like they were a team player, somebody who didn't want to engage the, the larger doula community or was acting, uh, you know, like doing different things that maybe a lot of doulas felt were outside their scope of practice or they were going in and being very activist in the birthing room mm. and it was creating problems where doulas weren't being welcomed into the hospital anymore because of the actions of one person. Right. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty interesting that that's one of your top questions or problems that you had to deal with. Yeah. It, it, pretty honestly, crazy. It came up just the other day on a doula thread that I was reading Somebody was asking about posting, you know, do you write about your business practices on your, on your business on web your personal, page, right? right? Uh -huh. And one of the first, one of the first posts that one of the first comments that was posted in the thread was, oh, I don't talk about the cattiness that happens in the doula community. I don't want my clients to know anything about that. And mm -hmm. I just thought it was really interesting that you know, that was one of the first things that came up. Right. No, that's that's terrible. It's really sad and telling of some of the struggles that we deal with doula to doula in our community. It is, you know, one of the first adjectives that I think of in the doula community can be cattiness. And that's really learning to change that attitude and see ourselves as just valuable partners and colleagues in the field of what we do and learning instead of looking askance at each other to really embracing our community and helping it to grow. Because if we just keep fighting over our different ideals or our different business models, we're not going to be around right. for too long. You know, yeah, we need to focus on bigger things than that. Yeah. And when you think about, so, okay, what can you do about it? What are, mm -hmm. what are some of the underlying issues that need to be addressed?
Hi, sorry about that. I, somebody just tried to call. Right, so some of the things that you can do about it, some of the, the ways that I thought of that if you address these underlying problems, I think that it would, um, it would make some movement. Mm -hmm. One is that you need to be able to stay engaged in challenging conversations. You know, in order to talk through some of these differences, it means that you have to check your ego at the door and be open to other people's experiences and really stay engaged in this place of conflict until you're able to work through it. Hmm. And in order to do that, that takes a lot of emotional maturity and good interpersonal skills. Right, right. Now, I'm curious, just so that I kind of know where you're coming from, are you talking about doula to doula there when it comes to adjusting our attitudes within our community? Or are you talking more so about when it comes to engaging in conversations to people outside the doula world? Both. Okay, great. It's really both. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's a lot, like we had talked about before, there's an awful lot of stuff, a lot of contradictions and, uh, you know, opposite pulling tensions that doulas have to deal with. And mm -hmm. some of them are within the doula community, some are with the greater maternity care system. And so with all of it, you gotta, I, I think of it like pull on your big girl panties and <laughs> really get down to work and allow yourself to be in some uncomfortable places to figure some of this stuff out. And it's a big right. challenge, it's a big challenge. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. And there's a lot of damage control that needs to be done when it comes to attitudes, both within the doula community and outside it looking in. When it comes to just kind of revamping our image and helping people to understand what it is that we do, I think getting that deeper understanding of what we should be doing and what we shouldn't, which you already hit on, um, something that I really like that you said was that we have to check our egos in at the door. And something that I think is helpful to remember is that we are not incredibly unique in the idea that we are the only profession that has to do this. There are, prof I mean, what profession doesn't have to do this, right? Every profession has their own internal struggles within their community, especially on some of those more hot button topics when it comes to volunteerism and uh, low cost or free services. That's not something that just doulas right. have to deal with. So learning to handle ourselves with integrity when it comes to our colleagues or learning more about how to properly present and educate the market when it comes to what we do, it's just something that we all have to pitch in and deal with. And again, it goes back to character and integrity, right. which we talked I about. Think another thing that's really important to remember is that not everybody needs to do the same thing in the same way. I right, think exactly. That diversity is good because it's, you know, different strokes for different folks. Mm -hmm. The same way that you can't be the perfect doula for every person that's out there because different clients have different needs and you can't, you know, it's just not possible to answer for everybody. So that means that you have to at some point accept that somebody else can do a better job with that particular person than you might be able to. Which right, means that sure. there are different ways to do things. So you need to be able to accept that it's okay to have those kinds of differences. And I think one of the big things that 
comes up a lot is this feeling that if I, if somebody does it differently than I'm doing it, then that might mean that what I'm doing is wrong. Right. Or not the best. And so, again, it hits at that level of insecurity. It hits on that level of ego that you feel like you either need to change what the other person is doing or make them be wrong or bad in some way because it elevates you back up to that status of being in in the right again. But it doesn't need to be that way. There can be a lot of different right ways to do things. Where it comes, where I think it becomes problematic is when, like, we'll talk about this a little bit in a minute, but the should doulas be activists in the birth room? Mm -hmm. Because I know that's a conversation that's happening within the doula community. And that's something that doulas are, you know, somewhere that's going to need to be worked out because when one doula or a small group of doulas take on a more activist role, if that impacts the way the hospital responds towards doulas in general, then it's affecting the ability of other doulas to work. And that's that's an issue that's going to have to be figured out within the doula community in right. a way that doesn't burn bridges with the medical community. Right, right. And the doula community still has a lot of growing up to do. I think when it comes to that, one of the reasons that we find some doulas acting kind of like doula police and trying to control or chime in on what other doulas should or shouldn't be doing, it's because there is no regulatory system right now. and th- right. There are no set standards that we have to follow. We can go to a five-day workshop and call yourself a doula. You can read a birth book and call yourself a doula. You could just decide to call yourself a doula, you know? So until that's set in place, it's going to be a lot harder for men and women in our community, doulas in general, to come to terms with knowing exactly what it is that we should and shouldn't be doing. And then I think that also kind of ties into the proper mindset. Something that you tied in is that our own insecurities, um, being more secure in our own philosophies and as a business person and as a birth worker, I think that that leads to worrying less about what the neighbor next door is doing, you know, and how they're operating. And so I think that's definitely something that doulas need to or certainly can work on developing for themselves as well. Yeah, I think it's that, that again, that emotional maturity, the confidence in your skills, your abilities, uh, your position in the community and what you're doing. A lot of it just it's that inner strength. And it starts with you as an individual because then that impacts how you work with other people who you're coming in contact with, you know, and that what you're talking about hits on one of the big national conversations that I hear going on now, which is doula certification and should doulas be certified and should there be a national certification? You know, what, what would that do? And there's a lot of back and forth about doulas who feel like there are certain certification organizations that aren't serving their needs so well as members, you know, and so some doulas are not really wanting to carry certification because it costs them money and 
they're paying to to organizations that aren't really serving their needs as well as they need to be and and but then this idea of a national certification takes on a whole different level because then everybody there have everybody has to do things in a similar way and when you already have so much conflict and dis discussion and so many differences of opinion about what the doula's role is and how they should be doing it the the beginning conversation that's happening about a national certification is it's pretty um pretty heated i think yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and and then there's this whole other revolution of doulas that start off with certifications but then don't continue that they'll choose not to recertify and so i do think that that's up to the doula organizations to take a hard look at why this is happening and what they can do to ensure that they are that those doulas are recertifying and that they are continuing to see value in that and paying attention to that gap and looking for what's needed for doulas. You know, we have a lot of doulas that feel like you just said their certification organizations aren't meeting their needs. So let's get more vocal about what our needs are and what we can do to remedy that. Right. And when you take it up to the higher level, because, you know, here you're talking about what's the, the personal needs of the doulas and the organizational needs. But so if you take it up to the next higher level and bring in this idea of a national certification, what can having a national certification do for organizations and for doulas? What kind of power can it bring when you come together as a community? You know, what, how does it, how does it shift the balance of power when you have that kind of national voice and activity happening because that's another piece that needs to be kept in mind as you're having these conversations about what happens at the organizational level. Right, right, exactly. Well, we've hit upon some very interesting topics, Michal, and I'd like to move on to helping empower these doulas yeah, that are listening on. today. So what are some simple steps that you wouldn't mind outlining to help them learn how to grow that doula pie? <laughs> sure. Um, one of the top things I think that you can do is you can learn good business skills and work to grow your interpersonal skills. So if you're taking an activist or leadership role doing community organizing or community building or even just as part of your personal business, learn about leadership skills from other sources outside the birth world. You know, there are whole, um, whole schools of thought on leadership and social change and business practices that are outside of the birth world that are so rich and full of information that we can use to grow the doula pie. So start looking outside the birth world for these different sources of information and see what you can do to grow your skills and bring them back to the community. So that's one thing. Uh, another thing is be a part of your local doula community. Get involved. I know there are always doula groups, and sometimes they're business collaboratives, but sometimes they're birth circles or a little bit more casual birth networks. You know, there's, there's 
often a desire to get together as as a community. So be a part of that community. When you choose to stand alone, you become the rogue doula. (laughs) And that can be an okay position as long as you're really clear and mindful about what you're doing, you know, that that's the position that you want to be in. That's how you are being perceived. And you recognize that the choices that you're making, even though you're choosing to stand alone, are having an impact on other people around you. You know, so being a part of your local doula community, I think, is important. And then getting together, getting involved in other organizations, because all organizations need volunteers. You learn by doing and by being involved, and your voice is important and it's needed. So all your doula organizations, you know, honestly, probably part of the reason why they, if you're finding that your doula organizations aren't meeting your needs as well as you'd like, I can almost guarantee you that a part of that is because they're way understaffed. It's, you know, too much work for too few people because there are not enough people volunteering. So if you want to make it better, then volunteer. You know, and also there's other other organizations that are working in the birth community that are more broad. So Birth Network National, Improving Birth, the Coalition for Improving Maternity Services. Those are other great organizations to get involved with. That's great. And, you know, that all just goes back to finding your tribe. Don't be a wandering nomad alone out there. There are so many great collections of people, and you'd be surprised that there are people that might share your philosophy or strengthen your philosophy out there. You've just got to look for them. So I love that. Right. Yeah. And it also builds your longevity. Right. Because you need to work within community to, to get that strength. Mm-hmm. It's a tough job. And to continue to renew yourself, I think you need to work in community to feed your soul. Couldn't have said it any better. (laughs) Well, it looks like we have a little more time, and I'd love to give our listeners another golden nugget. So would you mind sharing with us a favorite quote of yours? Well, one of my favorite quotes, which is another bumper sticker (laughs) on my car, is well-behaved women seldom make history. Oh, that's a good one. From Laurel Thatcher Ulrich. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. (laughs) Well, Michal, we've truly enjoyed having you back on the show and sharing your valuable insights on growing the doula pie. The Dearest Doula community believes that what you do matters. So please take a moment to just share a little more about your business, the best way we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. My business is The Birth Lady. My website is thebirthlady.info. And, um, you can find contact information there on my website. I have a, a um, space on my homepage for birth workers. So if you go to my website at thebirthlady.info and click on the link that says, I'm a birth worker, it'll connect you to a page that describes the different programs that I offer and different ways that we can stay in touch. Awesome, great. Well. The Dearest Doula community will be able to find links to everything of value that we mentioned on today's episode by going to dearestdoula.com, clicking the podcast button, and finding you in the archives, or by simply entering Michal, that's M-I-C-H-A-L, in the search bar to have your show notes page pop right up. Thank you again so much for coming on and being so generous with your expertise and time. The Dearest Doula community sends you a warm hug, and we're now all one step closer to being connected educated and empowered.